and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman. Who are you? I'm Hill Hippie. Hello, Hill Hippie. Shock Monkey Radio. That was our intro. What's the next? Greetings. Hello. Greetings and salutations. Hello. And let's not forget our master back here behind the controls. Yeah, the multimedia professional on the phone while starting our show. What a pro. Multitasking at its finest. So we usually start with our weekends. How was your hottest balls weekend? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> hottest ball Saturday, working out in this heat. Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> then uh, Sunday, didn't really do a whole hell of a lot. Went out and bought some stuff that I needed to for work. My old pair of work boots were talking to me, both of them. The soles were coming off so much they could eat a bi- uh, almost a whole slice of pizza on their own. I got you. And uh, then I put some more tile up in the bathroom here at the studio. Yeah, and I saw that. That's pretty much it. Oh, cool, cool. Just trying to stay out of the heat, right? As best you can. I mean, it's not even the heat so bad. It's the, the humidity. humidity. Yeah. It's been a heat wave here, I tell you. Yeah, I've been roasting in my car this weekend as well. Do you not have AC? I have AC, but I mean, it's still hot. You just don't have good AC. And it's working better than it used to, but yeah, it's, it's still. Those recharges just don't seem to work as well. Yeah. Just it never, never, uh, never uh, runs as cold as it does the first day you bought it. You know. Right. <laughs> I got a guy I work with. He's and maybe it's just the name of the truck that produces it uh, that causes this, you know, because it's a Toyota Tundra. But that guy's fucking uh, AC in that truck, and we're talking about an older truck. Uh, I think it's an 08. Yeah. And uh, it will literally make your nipple so hard that you can cut glass. <laughs> it's got a good running AC. It's oh, kinda, good lord! Yeah. You get in that thing, and two minutes later, you're like, okay, <laughs> you can turn it down now. Right. That's good. It's better to have it too cold than not cold enough because so so bad. To think that there was a time when AC didn't exist in cars, you know? I think there was a time when AC didn't exist, period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people wouldn't go and live out in Phoenix, Arizona because no. you, you were be insane. But because of uh, air conditioning was invented, yeah, people are living there now. The new artificial god that is room temperature. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What a heat wave we've been dealing with. So I heard a joke, and I, I, I was wondering if it's funny. All right. D- did you laugh? Yes. Then it's funny. Okay. Now, here it is. So the bartender says, we don't serve tachyons here. Two tachyons walk into a bar. All right. That's pretty funny. You get it? Nope. Okay. I'll let you figure it out on your own. Tachyon particles, I'm assuming, is what you're going after. Right, right. And how do they work with time? You don't know? No? Okay. One of those thinkers, way homers. Yeah, dude. You'll get it on the way home. Yeah, my brain's fried right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What else did I do? Um, I punched a friend in the brain. Um. (laughs) It was okay. You know, I I know some people out there, the types that they've got friends where they'll punch each other in the arm, and there's some stupid people who like to play that nut uh, nut punch game. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, how those people haven't gotten into knockdown drag-out fights where one of them gets stabbed in the eye with a tuning fork is beyond me, but okay. Punched so, a friend in the brain. Well, it's a co-worker. Um, he said, he said he bought, he's buying a car from a friend of his, 
And so he said, oh, I got to go. I'm going to go make a payment. And I said, oh, yeah, make a payment. And I did the, the you know, giving fellatio gesture, make a payment. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I want to get that Camaro, you know, so uh, I'll probably have to, uh, you know, call my girl and get get some tips. And so I said to him, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you know a man will be better at giving a blowjob than any woman, right? Because you know what you like, right? Right. And so this is only you can give you the best blowjob because only you know what you like. And so his his mind kind of like locked up and he glared at me because he did, he couldn't really argue with the logic. Mm-hmm. And so he like walked away and another coworker is sitting there. He heard this whole heard this whole exchange and he's laughing and I was like what? And he's like it's like you punched him in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Just it, it shut him off. Well, it's a well-known fact, man. What the hell? He'd never heard of that. Where's he been living the past I have fucking no idea. 12 years? I, I think it's just the idea of making him think about thinking about giving oral sex to a man. Well, he was already thinking about it. The problem he is... He didn't think that deeply. Of right. Yeah. I mean, it's well-known that uh, gay men give the best blowjobs because guys know what guys like. And yeah. women are better at uh, cunnilingus because women know what women like. That's right. So... Is it, is it gay to even talk about that stuff? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, it would just being open and honest about shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, it's would be homophobic to say there's no way a guy do, could give a better blowjob than a woman. Well, but that why? that that belies the truth. I mean, even straight men know. It's like, yeah, I know what I like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like I mean, not like I'm going to tell my girl how what I'm doing, what she's doing wrong. But I can give you some tips. Right. Anyway. Anyway, and let's face it, like women are better at the whole the whole buddy check system for looking for lumps and boobs. Yeah, I'm glad we don't have to do that as men. Because, hey man, can you check my testicles for me? <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know what I'm getting at is women know what the texture of a breast feels like, and. I know I've had my hands on several pairs of tits over my life. But I don't have that kind of experience. I don't access to that. On a daily yeah, basis. Yeah. You know, you don't know 100%. All right, that's supposed to be there. That's not supposed to be there. What the fuck is that? Yeah. Oh, look, I found candy. I mean. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, we don't. If that, I guess that's what a breast feels like when you touch one, you know. Well, unless it's a fake boob, then you can tell pretty easily. Unless you've never touched a regular boob. True, you know, was, but then when that, you touch the regular boob, you instantly know the difference. Yeah, it's it, like, whoa, what's what's wrong with them? What's wrong? <laughs> that doesn't feel right, right? <laughs> Why are they sagging so much more? Yeah, I couldn't ask a friend to feel me up. Could you imagine that? Uh, excuse me, man. Uh, it's the twenty fifth. It's time to do the buddy check. Zip. Uh, we ain't that close of friends. <sighs> You'd have to, yeah, I mean, I couldn't think of anyone I'd go to. I couldn't go to EK. No. No. Who would I trust enough? It was like, will you honestly check my testicles for a long? I think I would have to go to and find a, find a female friend. But, but th- that, that would, like, compromise me, though. Well, well since we're here. <laughs> <laughs> While you're down there. <laughs> Then you have the whole problem of getting an erection while they've got their hands on your testicles and things. Shit gets awkward. That's true. That's true, I guess. Never been in that situation myself. I can't tell if I'd be aroused or not. Well, I don't know. 
Never asked anyone to check my testicles for me. It's like the, uh, I read a joke a while back where this guy walks up to a girl. Excuse me, ma'am. I've been reading articles and I've been doing some research and I found out I can learn how uh, when you were born by the feel of your breasts. She goes, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, here. So the guy starts fondling the chick. And after about 30 seconds, she starts getting impatient. She goes, well, when was I born? Obviously, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else this weekend? Or That's pretty much it. Doing that, yeah. that was it for my weekend. Okay. I live such an exciting life. <laughs> um, so today's the 3rd of July, and tomorrow's the 4th. So happy 4th of July, preemptively. Um, I know I'm doing some stuff with my family. I'm going to do some cookouts. Cook out and eat in, because it's going to be roasting hot tomorrow. So. Yeah. You can cook your steak yeah. just on the back porch. <laughs> no grill required. Exactly. Just put it out there on some metal. You'll be fine. Um, I hope you have a happy and safe Independence Day out there. And um, if you're out there in Virginia and you're looking over the fireworks at all the outdoor stands out here, just thinking that they're all so lame. And you're right. They are very, very lame. Um, just try to remember what. Uh, the United States was like before there were laws restricting fire fireworks. All right, because it would be like the week of July Fourth, hospitals would be cr- going crazy. I mean, it still does in some ways, um, of people blowing their hands off and shit. Mm-hmm. But before there were laws, it was so bad, and uh, now it still happens these days because people are stupid. And so, uh, just keep keep in mind out there that those are explosives. Mm-hmm. Don't don't. Uh, fool around too much of them. I mean, we did a, a story a couple years ago uh, about a guy who was sh- they were shooting mortars. You know, mortars they, they, you shoot them, shoot them out of a tube. Yep. And um, this guy was joking around and put the mortar on top of his head, trying to shoot the mortar off of his head. Oh. But it exploded inside the tube. <laughs> oh shit! And his head too. And it exploded. So um, oh, one don't be an idiot, and always remember that they are explosives. And they should be treated with that proper respect. So be careful out there. Let's put it this way. There's a chemical reaction that occurs and creates a rapid release of large amounts of gas. That gas is going to get through whatever's there. There's an analogy on, I think it was Armageddon, where you you put a firecracker on the top of your hand, light it, you burn your hand. Take the firecracker, wrap your hand around it, it it goes off. Your wife's opening your ketchup bottles for the rest of your life. That's what just rapidly expanding gas can do. Amazing. Leave it alone, man. Just Well, I mean, you could play with it, but, I mean, have fun with the fireworks. Have fun with the fourth, but just be smart and responsible, you know? There's one aspect of the fourth of July in fireworks that I've never completely understood. Okay. Celebrate the birth of your nation by blowing up a small portion of it. <laughs> well, I think it's uh, because of our... Uh, our independence was in the very modern era where there's actual gunpowder weapons. Right. And we have a national anthem that has bombs and rockets mm-hmm. in the national anthem. So, I mean, we're such a new country that that's how we decided to celebrate it. And it's like, remember the wars we're not having? Yeah. Yeah, let's. That was fun. Here's <laughs> it a, pretty. Uh, let's pantomime these battles where human beings lost their lives. Both uh, future Americans and the British, who were just, uh, I don't know, defending what they consider to be their country at the same time. Yeah, sure. 
It sucked the fun out of everything, man. <laughs> Celebrating death. Well, I guess I feel better that we're not setting off fireworks tomorrow. We're probably going to be playing our game, uh, FX PG Pirate Gamers, on Wednesday night. So yeah, I still don't know if I'm working tomorrow or not. Oh, yeah. Got to know. Gotta yeah, got to figure that one out. <sighs> so um, I pray you're safe this July 4th. Those are explosives. Be careful. And please try to leave the 4th of July with as many digits and ex- uh, appendages yeah. as you entered the 4th of July with. It seems like, you know, it, you wouldn't have to mention that. There's YouTube videos of people sticking bottle rockets up their asses and lighting them. It needs to be said. There's some things on YouTube I haven't seen. Okay, I'll you've, have to look You've never up. seen that? Uh, it's not something I really search for. Well, I don't know how I found this, but this was like years ago because I died laughing because people are fucking stupid. They don't realize what a sphincter is. You know what the anus is, a yeah. sphincter muscle. It creates a tight seal yeah. back there. So they take the stick of these uh, bottle rockets, shove it into the anus, light it. It won't go anywhere. It just burns their ass. Yeah, because right? yeah. those things shoot off a heavy amount of sparks. Yeah, yeah. And if you haven't manscaped, you got a brush fire on your uh, on your hands, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's just uh, that's not smart. No. I mean, it's it's not on the same level as shooting a mortar off your head, <clears throat> but it's still not smart. I'd, yeah. I mean, I'd rather burn my ass on a bottle rocket than blow off my head. I so. agree, but you're also talking about two completely different calibers of explosives. Yeah. I mean, I won't lie. In the past, in my younger and... I won't say dumber days, but I'll just say younger days because I'm probably still just as dumb. I used to light and hold Roman candles in my hand. But they're fairly safe like that, but... Yeah, but what happens if one of those goes, goes off, off yeah. inside the tube? Yeah. And it's always a possibility, so... It always is. Don't want to blow, blow off your hand. Go run into the hospital with a nub. <laughs> Ow! It's like, what'd you do? I was holding on to a firework. Get in line behind everyone else. <laughs> right. Just compare notes. Cherry bomb. <laughs> M80. M80, yeah. Half quarter stick. <laughs> what about you? I, I roasted my chestnut stick in a bottle rocket up my ass. <laughs> That's why I'm not sitting. <laughs> Can I be moved to the front of the line? I can't sit down. Okay, so um I'm trying I'm still trying to understand this word thick. I've been hearing it a lot lately. Lately? Yeah. Are you talking about thick as in a bodily description or of a body type? I don't know. It's just it seems like it's like it's a positive thing. Use it in a sentence. So that way I understand exactly where you're coming from. Looking thick, Scott. Looking thick, madman. Like that. Okay. It sounds it sounds yeah. positive. A thick had used to be a at least in my own find experiences in the past like the 90s uh, thick was more of a uh, derogatory term you know just you're not you're not skinny you're not athletic you're not chubby you're in between athletic and chubby you're thick but so they were still considered it you know because there was a lot of body shaming back in the 90s it was like you're getting thick nowadays it's thick is a good thing and that's why i don't understand i mean why, why are we changing stuff around it's confusing me. Well, it's uh, again, it's about the body shaming and the way people are looking at the human body. I was there for the longest time. Take it, think about it. 
Paris Hilton was the idea of the perfect human body. What? The, yeah, no, the no. bitch has a fucking stick figure. No. I'm sorry, there was no curves there at all. Thick, especially when it comes to the female form, represents you got the right curves. You, you've got it. You got a, right. a round bottom. Well, I got the round uh, bosom. I got the Urban Dictionary up, and here's the top definition for thick. Uh, nice ass, nice legs, not skinny, with meat on your bones. Thickness is the shit. <laughs> In a sentence, damn, that girl is thick, yo. <laughs> yo. By Bryant on May 11, 2002. <clears throat> All right, that was 2002. Uh, the second one is by D. Uh, D. Ray, October 21st, 2004. A woman with a perfect body filled in in places that are, by nature, designed to attract the opposite sex, such as the thighs, the hips, the breast, and the most lovely part of all, the booty. <laughs> For heaven's sakes, she is so fucking thick. Yeah, this is why I don't like Urban Dictionary. This isn't useful to me at all. Thick, a girl who isn't fat or skinny, but is well-proportioned, has enough meat on her bones in all the right places. Most men, men like the thick ones. I don't. That's the thing. Plus, I mean, this is all about females. Right. I mean, I guess maybe the thick is like, tran- it's now a unisex word now. Could be. I still have, I've never used it referring to a male, but I, it's just me. Yeah. Um, in England, though, thick means like thick-headed, you know? Yeah, dense. Mate, you're so thick. One squared isn't two. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Sorry about my horrible British accent. It's so bad it made you cough. So, it was a shame, a shame cough. So I'm not really sure what this, I don't like new colloquialisms. They they piss me off. Did somebody call you thick, Scott? Yes, and it confused me because it sounded positive, but it's it logically the word means sounds negative. You know, so I mean, the tone was positive, but it's negative. You you look thick. It's like where <laughs> my ass? Yes. Was, uh, was it a male or female that said this to you? Male. Okay. Well, either way, it would probably be better to say it to a guy just because you won't get accused of, well, you might in this day and age. I would never say you look thick to anybody. Oh, no, what I was getting at was you could always, if somebody tells you you look thick, you're like, yeah, thick in the dick. I also don't want to lie. Well, there's that. Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody's like, show it to me, and then oh, I'm on the spot, you know. We're in a public place, man. I can't whip it out in the mall. Exactly. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna mess up with all the mess with all these kids' heads. <laughs> you know, they can never live up to that. You know, once they've seen it, and so. I thought you said you don't want to lie. I'm just running with it. <laughs> <laughs> if I all of a sudden found myself in the mall running into somebody, and this is like dick in the dick, and they're like, well, "Show it to me." Uh, well, uh, you know, all these kids, I don't want to scar them for life, you know. So this just proves what the substitute teacher, or maybe it was the replacement teacher on South Park, Ms. Chokes on Dick, said, a child tells you to suck their dick or to suck on your balls, tell them, present them, and you will shut the people up. It works. <laughs> That's a good point. Show it to me. You ever seen that movie, Four Rooms? I have not. Okay, it's excellent. But there's this one scene where he's talking about he's uh it's a weird psychodrama situation. Excellent movie, by the way. And so uh <clears throat> she goes, You know, all those times when you're sitting there, so you know, with your huge cock inside me and he's like 
he's got a huge cock. Her husband said, he's got a huge cock. <laughs> and he goes, show it to me. <laughs> and he's like, what? Show it to me. <laughs> just like, what? He want to see it that badly. <laughs> You said it was a psychological drama, so... Yeah, it's... It does kind of make sense in a while, because... In in a little, you know, after a while, because it's... You're like, these people are just fucking insane. And that's the the issue here. It's like, that's what the four rooms is. Just a bunch of crazy people on New Year's Eve in a hotel room. Good good flick. Six degrees of inner turbulence. (laughs) Okay, we're about 20 minutes in. Do you want to get into the Hill Hippies Garden? Yeah, sure. All right. All right, so over the course of the past week or two, I've been seeing a lot of these uh, articles coming up on my Google feed talking about uh, this new revamping of the Drake Equation, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with what that is. Uh, you filled me in for the show. All right, for those of you listening, the Drake Equation is an equation that tries to calculate the number of technologically advanced civilizations in the Milky Way galaxy slash uh, universe, known universe. It's supposed to answer Fermi's paradox. If there's so many uh, billions of planets and billions of galaxies out there, where to, and all these, so so you supposedly so many planets that could house intelligent life, where to, is everybody? Well, in the current, well, not the current, but previously in the past, the high estimations for this equation have estimated that there could be as many as one million technologically advanced intelligent civilizations per galaxy in the known universe. And the lowest estimation was saying that there could be three civilizations for every 10,000 Milky Way-like galaxies. That's a big difference? That's a humongous difference. (laughs) So three Oxford researchers have taken the Drake equation and applied some statistical-type mathematics to it, taking the different variables and putting, what is it, uh, reformulated the variables as ranges of uncertainties. So uh, each one of these variables, uh, I'll tell you what a couple of, uh, just examples of two of them. I'm not going to read this entire equation because it's... I suck at math. I don't know about you. (laughs) It's a straightforward times, 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 times. I have nightmares sometimes about back in college and failing math. Uh, it's like one of them is <clears throat> the rate of form is uh, formation of stars in the galaxy. Another one is the number of planets per solar system with an environment suitable for life. Uh, another one is the length of time such civilizations release detectable signals into space. So for every variable, and there's seven variables in this equation, they put this range of uncertainties in, and they can come up with a completely different set of results it produced a bell-like curve you know what that is yeah. it goes, it's got the shape of a bell the average probability at the middle of the curve said that there's a 50 a 52 percent chance that we are the only intelligent civilization in the milky way galaxy oh man what a and sad thought there's a 38 percent chance that we are the only one in the known universe that's even sadder at the uh optimistic the high end only 41% chance, there's a 41% chance that we are still the only civilization in the Milky Way galaxy and 32% chance in the known universe. My God. Well, um, let's hope they're wrong. Well, here's the thing. 
all these news articles were catching my attention because they were saying, you, you think there's life out there? Well, this new research proves probably not. It's not out there. Stop looking. And I thought that was just incredibly bad reporting because I looked yeah. into an interview with one of the researchers, this uh, Anders Sandberg. And uh, that's not what he was going for at all. He, when he, uh, in this interview, he ends up giving the final statement where he uh, still believes that there is a possibility of life out there, that the main result is that we actually are very ignorant. But even tiny bits of info that we obtain can improve the knowledge a great deal. Yes. Um, I think what he was doing with this, I guess, experiment, you know, is um, trying to show that, you know, that there's uh, a large possibility that we are wrong. Yeah. You know. How little we actually know. Mm -hmm. Do we know the rate of formation of stars in the galaxy? Not, not perfectly. Not at all. <laughs> Think about it. How long have we been observing the sky? Uh, I'm inside right now, so. <laughs> so never. <laughs> but, you know, as a... Hundreds of years, I mean. At the most. Yeah. But with any type of technology to where we could actually get a good idea of what's happening inside of our galaxy. At the most, a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Another variable of number of planets per solar system with an environment suitable for life. How the hell are we going to know that? We don't know. It's the Goldilocks zone. It's like you have to have a planet in the Goldilocks zone and enough to have liquid water. And so, I mean, you can't always count on water being in that area. You know, you could have a dry, desolate rock right. in that area with no liquid water. There's, I smell a lot of if coming off of this. Yes, exactly. And fraction, uh, fraction of life-bearing planets on which intelligent life emerges. What's intelligent? <laughs> exactly. And but it's such a huge variable. How are we gonna how are we gonna get any of that information right now? We don't have it. And that was his entire point with this research was you know, people are trying to solve the Fermi paradox using the Drake equation, and they're coming up with this high range of uh, results that 100 million per galaxy or only three per 10,000 galaxies. We don't know, Dick. Stop trying to figure it out. We'll just keep searching and gaining knowledge. And that the, uh, what was it, the uh, even tiny bits of info can improve knowledge a great deal. And that, uh, he expands on that by saying that mat that matters for thinking about not only just our place in the universe, but also future risks to humanity. Future risks to humanity. You know, there is a X percentage chance that we will be hit by a meteor. You know, shit like that. There's an X percent chance that, you know, a star is going to go, the sun's going to go nova in five billion years. We, we really don't fucking know, is what he was getting at. And for these news agencies to keep, in my opinion, in, uh, irresponsibly putting out there and in their uh, headlines that we've, well, the, we've, there's no life out there. Well, I think it's just bad reporting. Yeah, they're just, what they're doing is they're taking their own uh, summation. Mm -hmm. They're taking the the information, the data, and they're coming up to their own conclusion, and that is not what "quote unquote" news should do. Right. And I think that that's the problem. So I mean, I know people whine about it, you know, but when Trump says fake news, there's some truth to that, because news agencies will take information and draw their own conclusions from them and feed them to their listeners, watchers, readers, and so forth. And that is not journalism. 
That's Fox, Fox and Friends. That's propaganda. Yeah, that's <laughs> Fox and Friends. It's propaganda. You know, and so uh, you, you give the information. You let the let the viewer reader draw their own conclusion. Right. And so instead of you know discussing is like pe- let give people the data that you just read. You know, let them see what this guy was trying to do and come to their own conclusion instead of it was like, oh, I need the media to spoon fit, feed me what the hell this whole thing means. Exactly. You know, it's like, oh, there's probably not life out there. See, the scientist said so. Right, scientist? Just not. You know, <laughs> so I mean, it's like, is he the scientist and the science is incidental to the point, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not journalism. No. Um, I hope there's life out there that can come and, like, tell us what, exactly what we need to do to fix our Earth? One would hope, but I'm under the impression that the chances of any civilization that exists would be so far away from us that they would never be able to reach us. That's probably the issue, is that, hey, they're la- there's launching stuff on Earth, but by the time they see that, it's another thousand years or so has passed. And there's also the idea of, you know, you've got these programs out there like SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, that are listening to the skies for radio waves, right? Right, right. They're only budgeted to cover 4% of the sky at, the, at a, any one given time. Right. Well, who's to say that we haven't been, you know, hit by radio waves from another civilization? The radio waves are not just going to stick around on no, and just no, hang they, out. No, they they're going to go keep going. If we're not listening at that exact time in that direction, we're going to miss it. So we could have ET could have called us five hundred times and he's just like tell, these tell sons of bitches yeah. ain't answered. You know I'm done. <laughs> Pick up the phone, Earthlings. <laughs> they're sitting there back on their home planet and they're sending off this probe and it's like we're gonna send our peaceful message to the people of Earth. <sighs> goes right past her. Yep. <laughs> A thousand years later, just goes right past her. Mm-hmm. We were going to invite him. You know, help. Uh, Upscale their civilization, mm-hmm. bring them world peace, all this technology, fuck them assholes. <laughs> or, I, I, the planet has its phone on silent. <laughs> or maybe they're just out there watching us, waiting to see what we're going to do next. Maybe we are just a reality TV show to a lot of these aliens. Yeah, because they're like, uh, these people are weird. <laughs> yeah, let's watch. Let's keep watching. Right. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> Think of it as a thought experiment real experiment <laughs> oh hell hippies garden uh, yeah. speaking of uh the president um you know about this uh supreme court justice that just retired not really and anyway um and so trump's gonna have to pick a a new supreme court justice for approval of Congress. All right. And so uh, you hear this this phrase, Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, all over the news lately. And it's particularly by the liberals and uh, people who are into Planned Parenthood and think that, you know, you should have the right to kill babies. Mm-hmm. And so um, here's the truth, though. Roe versus Wade, that thing's not getting overturned. No. All right. There's already it's been uh, legal for so long at this point that dismantling the infrastructure of it is impractical. Right. All right. And so everyone, if your focus is Roe versus Wade, 
you're not understanding the full scope of the job of the Supreme Court. <laughs> all right. Because there's other things. And so people don't want to talk about any other issue that the Supreme Court may face or may be facing soon. And so everything all right? Okay. So um, where was I? I lost my place. Supreme Court. There's other things they yeah they have to. You would think that they would be talking. the The narrative would be about uh, upcoming decisions that the Supreme Court may have to deal with, and this new justice and where he may stand on he or she may stand on those issues. Right. Instead, you see crazy ass Donald Trump in office, Republican Party. The first thing they're going to do is try to overturn Roe versus Wade. <laughs> All right. And this is not the Republicans saying this. These are the Democrats saying this. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Justice st- stepped down. Go protect Roe Ro versus Wade real quick. The Republicans are coming. It's not like that. All right. First thing on our minds is not like, oh, we're going to, we got to appoint someone to the Supreme Court that's going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And I, I have news for you it's hard mm-hmm. to get an activist judge into the Supreme Court. You know why? Because. Donald Trump is used to being a CEO, not president of the United States. Right. When you recommend somebody for the Supreme Court, it has to go to Congress, and they got to grill them. Right. Figure out if it's like, okay, we don't, you don't want activist judges in the Supreme Court. That seems like a no-brainer. Right. And, you're, and that's why they have this thing, the vetting process, to get them into the Supreme Court so that some jackass doesn't stick an activist judge in there. That's the point of all this. Mm-hmm. So all your fretting about Roe versus Wade, oh, get your abortions done now. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> I'm gonna go out and get pregnant just so I can have my abortion before while I still can. All right, and regardless of how I feel about abortion or how you feel about abortion, um, the reality is is that it's not going anywhere. Right. And you're fretting for no reason. I mean, the great thing about Trump is that he's president of the United States now. You can't just come in and fire everybody and replace everybody with yes men. Right. You can do that with your cabinet all you want, prick, but you can't do that to Congress. You can't do that to Supreme Court. No. It's called checks and balances. Mm-hmm. And I've never been more happy for checks and balances than <laughs> I have during this presidency. So Fair enough. <laughs> don't worry about all that. You think Roe versus Wade is going to get overturned? No. No. That's not happening. No. No, 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 no. Well, we got about 25 minutes left. We could slow down a little bit. All right. Get in a Paul Harvey kind of mood. <laughs> and do the news worth knowing. Now, uh, one of the biggest stories this week, um, I've been following, of course, because I, I care, I guess. Uh, Thai youth soccer team. Um could have to dive out of caves or wait months to be rescued. I hope it's not months. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this. No. Okay, let me turn off the volume here. Again, dude, I don't watch the news because all it does is upset me, and I try to keep a positive vibe. Yeah, I do it to help me sleep. I listen to the news to, so I can go to sleep. Um, rescue workers in Thailand who lo- successfully located, they were missing for like uh, 10 days. Um a soccer team? A soccer team. Twelve boys and their soccer coach were trapped in the cave for ten days, and now they're racing against time to get out before water levels rise. After that one sentence, I need words with this soccer coach. Anyway, continuing. Rescuers had earlier suggested that they would have to wait for the water levels to drop, which could take until October. Oh, wow. We'll come back around to this. Uh, but heavy rains forecast later this week. It's summer in Thailand. 
uh, could flood the cave in further, further, meaning the boys ages 11 to 16 face the prospect of having to get out more quickly than anticipated. Teams have began pumping about uh, 2,600 gallons or 10,000 liters <laughs> of water out of the cave every hour, but have so far only been able to lower the level by one centimeter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Water in the cave is about knee deep, but is neck deep in the chamber, according to the Thai English language website. I'm not even going to pronounce, try to pronounce that. Kaz, yeah, I am. KazSodEnglish.com. Well, uh, Thai name, I'm not going to pronounce. The Thai interior minister has said that the boys might have to learn to dive in order to escape the tunnels, which are so narrow in parts that only one body can pass through at a time. None of the boys knows how to swim, and even elite Thai Navy SEAL divers have been finding the ability to navigate through muddy waters difficult. As rain is forecast in the next few days, the evacuation must speed up. Diving gear will be used, they told the Bangkok Post. The water rises, the task will be difficult, and we must bring the kids out before then. Diving is not easy. Those who have never done it will find it difficult because of the narrow passages in the cave. They must, uh, they must be able to use diving gear if the gear is lost at any moment it can also be dangerous to life so yeah now by diving i'm assuming they're talking about scuba yes okay because i've always you know i've always can just say scuba or yeah. when people say diving i think of free diving where you're holding your breath the entire time you're down you can't do that here uh anmar mirza uh, national coordinator of the national cave rescue commission in the u.s and editor of the book man the book manual of manual of U.S. Cave Rescue Technique told the Associated Press that trying to take non-divers through caves is one of the most dangerous situations possible, even if the dives are relatively easy. Uh, the boys must be safely extracted from nearly a mile of tunnels, most of which are underwater. They could use the same uh, the same narrow passages out that the rescuers found, but such a task is dangerous for even a novice. For a novice, another option is for the rescuers to drill into the chamber and airlift them out. That's going to take a while. The British Cave Council, Rescue Council, uh, which has members taking part in the rescue op operation, estimates that the group are around 1.2 miles into the cave and about 0.6 miles below the surface. But other estimates put the boys as far as 2.5 miles into the caves. An airlift plan would be difficult because the cave stretches under the mountainside for up to six miles and varies in elevation. The final rescue plan will be made by the Thai authorities who are committed to 100% safety. We worked so hard to find them, and we will not lose them, said Chang Rai, uh, Provincial Governor Narong Sak Osakatan, Thailand. <laughs> uh, the team entered the Tham Luang Cave Complex, uh, located in the northern part of the country, on June 23rd after Sak to practice. Uh, and became trapped when heavy fl heavy rains flooded key passages. Now, this is why I want to talk to this soccer coach. You live in Thailand. Mm-hmm. You know it's summer. It's the rainy season. What were you thinking? Ob what did you expect? Obviously, he didn't plan ahead. And here's another question. is he Has he done enough caving or spelunking to... Guide this People, many kids. Yeah, yeah well, to guide anyone, much less an entire team. And if there's passages that are that narrow, that they're going to have troubles, you know, getting these kids out wearing scuba gear. Yeah. You know, that's some tight-ass spaces. I've went, uh, 
caving once. It was down in southern Indiana. It was a guided cave. You know, there were some tight spots we got to crawl through. Once we had to go, uh, got the option to go through water, but they didn't. They didn't make us. Right. But it, it was not a point where we had to go, go underwater to get through that one section. You're still able to keep your head above water to get through that. You know what? Just even that. That's a little. That's a whole different environment. That's a whole different world, man. That's a little sketchy. And for this guy, I mean, we had a certified guide who knew what they were doing, had given this tour right. every day over, for yeah. like three or four years. They right. knew what in the fuck they were doing. They had checks and balances in place in case, heaven forbid, part of the cave fell in. Right. And here's this soccer coach going to lead a whole team of kids into this cave. I think he should be fired. Oh, it's Thailand. He's probably going to get caned. Yeah, right. I just, I couldn't believe, I mean, I've never been to Thailand, but I do know that in the summer, it rains and rains and rains and rains and rains mm-hmm. and rains and rains and rains and rains. Right. Uh, Everybody's got swamp ass in Thailand in the summer. Exactly. And going into a cave during heavy rains is a death wish. Yeah. Death wish. And Absolutely. that's why they got ca- uh, caught in there. And it's on, it's on that coach for leading those kids in there. Yep. Well, all I can do, all I can say is I hope they get them out. Absolutely. I mean, it seems like it's still the, the dangerous prospect, and so thoughts and prayers out to those poor kids who followed the dumbass soccer soccer coach. Yeah. Idiotus. <laughs> Idiotus. Um, let's go to the ne- next story here. Uh, scantily clad scun- sunbather refuses to move out of a couple's wedding photos. All right. All right. A wedding couple claim a shameless sunbather photobombed their wedding pictures by refusing to move. Newlyweds Mark Lang, 49, and Mandy Cripwell, 35, were married in a church on Saturday and then moved to a beautiful and renowned spot to take snaps. That, that sounds British. Is this British? I think so. Uh, but they say their idyllic sun-kissed scene was ruined by a stubborn sunbather who had taken up residence on the green. That definitely sounds British. Right. The family from the town of Torquay in Devon, England, mm-hmm. uh, say they a- they asked a scantily clad woman to move, but she refused, and the wedding party was forced to pose for pictures around her. <laughs> I don't know why they keep saying scantily clad. It's just a woman in a bathing suit. Right. Uh, Mark's son, 24-year-old Marcus Ling, even approached the woman and asked her to move, but she pretended to be asleep. <laughs> Later, she was asked to move again by the limo driver, and she did, but she left her stuff in plain view. <laughs> it's a well-known wedding spot where you have where people have photos taken. Uh, so she would have known it it goes on there. Half of Torquay uh, have their wedding photos in that garden. The incident at Tessier Gardens next to Faroe Cross Church in Torquay was captured on camera by another of Mark's relatives, Natalie Ling. Natalie, who traveled from South London to attend the wedding, said she couldn't believe it. We all spotted her there and thought she would move, but she just didn't. I thought, how rude. That's definitely British, Natalie <laughs> said. It's British or C-3PO. Uh, or the uh, middle child from uh, Full House. Right. Um, she was surrounded by wedding guests. The couple were behind her, and the photo- photographer kept calling different people over for pictures, so she knew what was going on, she added. I don't know if the photographer got any good photos or not. Eventually, she got up and left after about 10 minutes of us being there taking photos. 
but she still left all her stuff there. It was bloody rude and disrespectful. Natalie said, I love this woman. Fuck your wedding. <laughs> Here's the thing. Who was there first? She was there. Right. Uh, did they reserve, reserve that spot, or did they just go there expecting it to be free and clear? I guess. And they expected it to be free and clear. I don't know how it works. So, you know, I think that woman had a right to be there. I also, agree. could they not rotate their picture 15 degrees and get hurt this woman out of them? I mean, it looks like they're like what looks like a stone gazebo is what they're gathering around. And it's circular in shape. So, so it probably looks the same from every angle. You would think so. <laughs> we have to get that one. It has to be this angle. It has to be this way. Woman, you got to move. We've got a whole gazebo here, but we want it from this direction. Uh, maybe there's is there something in the background besides the woman in the bathing suit that was <laughs> predominant? Eh, trees, it looks like. Yeah, I'm already moved on to the next story. All right. Because, I mean, you know, love stinks. You know, fuck your wedding. I'm here sunbathing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pessimistic way to Well, that's, that's to just me. It. That's how, you know, I read a news article like that, and I was like, good for you, lady. Love hurts. Yeah. I'm lonely, too. You know, fuck their wedding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next article. Fortnite used by white supremacists to recruit kids and ex-neo-Nazi reveals. Uh, Far-right groups are using online games such as Fortnite to radicalize kids and recruit them into their organizations, according to one reformed neo-Nazi. Speaking about his time as a white supremacist leader, skinhead-turned-peace activist Christian Piccolini explained how his group sought marginalized youth and promised them paradise. Answering readers' questions on Reddit, the online forum, Piccolini made it clear that this is still happening today. Through nefarious tactics like going into depression and mental health forums hmm. and into multiplayer gaming to recruit those same people. They drop benign hints and then ramp up when hooked, he explained. In some of these games, these hints can start by talking about how uh, some in-game races are superior to others, for example, and move on from there to drawing real-world parallels. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, when asked about... When asked what games these groups use, Piccolina said Fortnite, Minecraft, Call of Duty, all of them. Hmm. Uh, the people involved in recruitment in these games are mostly foreign recruiters from Russian and Eastern Europe, according to Piccolini. These uh, international initiatives are somewhat coordinated, he said. Uh, many fringe game-related uh, groups are tied to the far right, with misogynistic Gamergate move movement the best known Thanks to its ties to the alt-right. With the misogynistic Gamergate movement, the best known thanks to its ties to the alt-right. Huh. It's also not Fortnite's first brush with Nazi controversy. Developer Epic Games was forced into action last week when players discovered some of the game's floor tiles contained swastikas. <laughs> oh. uh, it's not the first time the internet or online gaming has been implicated in such ras radicalization. ISIS was found to be using a spelling app to radicalize British kids last year, and extremists targeted kids as young as 14 using YouTube with a message that jihad was better than football. Even if they're talking about soccer. Which they are. That's, that's wrong. The jihad is not better than soccer. No. It's a holy war. Yes. I don't want, no. No. Soccer is way better. What's so holy about war anyhow, man? I don't know. 
Except for the bodies. Yeah. The bodies are full of holes. Yeah. Um, if you play Fortnite or any like Call of Duty, any of these things, you know that there's racist people out there. Of course. You know, um, and so it's just there's somebody out there trolling it. Who's like, hey, that guy said the N word a lot. I'm gonna send him a, send him a friend request. <laughs> Try to work him into our white supremacist <laughs> meetings. <laughs> what do they do? I I don't know. Where do they meet? Do they you know get you know, Parks and Rec? They how do they do that? You have to have a permit, right? Yeah, I think so. At least for demonstrations, like a march or something, right? Because we had that whole fiasco last year in Charlotte. Yeah, Charlottesville. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, there's racists out there. If you, I mean, you can hear like kids playing Fortnite, the squeakers as we call them. You know, they're right. they're racist and foul mouth. Oh God, they're more yeah. foul mouth than I am. Yeah. And I'm just like. Where's your mother? And so, I mean, I guess it's real easy to run across, uh, at least superficially, you know, racist or sexist people. Right. Because um, you, you will hear the, you know, people call you, you know, N-word or F-word, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's not necessarily that they, I have a deep-rooted hatred of anyone with a different skin color than me or a different sexual lifestyle than me. It's just an expletive. Right. Especially when you're a young kid, you know, you hear somebody who's pissed and that's what they say. That's that's what a monkey see monkey do. That's how they're doing it. Mm -hmm. They may not necessarily be old enough to process everything that's the implications of Mm -hmm. those words. And so next thing they know, they get a a friend request. They're like, okay, yeah, I like friends on maybe I wonder what grade they're in. I'll send them an email. What grade are you in? And they're like, Join the white supremacist movement. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Where we play Fortnite? Find your local clan now. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I want one. China's new laser gun can zap you with a silent carbonizing beam. You ready for this? The laser blasters in Star Wars are no longer a thing of science fiction. Chinese researchers have developed an actual laser gun that can ignite a target on fire from a half mile away, the South China Morning Post reported. But this new weapon, called the ZKZM-500, has a few differences from the Star Wars version. Based upon uh, an artist's depiction of the gun published in the South uh, China Morning Post. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, EK's leaving us, and I got to do some extra stuff after the show. Duties and responsibilities of running your FXBG public radio. You said duty. <laughs> I did. Um, this real-life version is a boxy-shaped assault rifle that resembles a large toy gun uh, more than a sleek Star Wars blaster. Uh, the 15-millimeter caliber weapon weighs about the same as an AK-47, 6.6 pounds or 3 kilograms. And can fire more than 1,000 laser shots, each one lasting up to two seconds. Holy shit. That's amazing, right? The South China Morning Post reported that the weapon produces a silent, invisible energy beam, a characteristic that makes it stealthy, but likely not as satisfying to shoot as a Star Wars blaster would be. It'll be yeah, it'll be powered by a rechargeable lithium battery, uh, similar to what's found in smartphones. Although the gun is classified as a non-lethal weapon, its laser shots can cause instant carbonization of human skin and tissues. 
That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, it is. Just turns it black like a like a marshmallow you dropped on a fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could also fire through windows, burn through gas tanks, and any, ignite anything that's flammable. I want one! <laughs> and because the shots are silent and invisible, nobody will know where the attack came from. It will look like an accident. Give me one! <laughs> one of the gun's creator told the South China Morning Post. But it'll take several zaps to burn a hole through a body and kill someone using this gun. That's why it's uh, not less than lethal. Uh, the South China Morning Post reported that is not designated explicitly for killing like a gun that uses bullets, which is why the Chinese government classified the laser weapon as non-lethal. A government document suggests the laser gun could be used to do things such as setting fire to illegal banners and protest at a protest or setting fire to the hair and clothing of a protester. That's what China wanted it for, I guess. Well, yeah. Oh, China. Sign not allowed. Must burn. Yeah. Though, okay, I want to apologize for that uh, a little bit racial racist. act. A little yeah, bit I, I realized that as soon as it started coming out of my mouth. My apologies. <laughs> the weapon is ready for mass production, but its creator, ZKZM Laser, hasn't found a licensed weapons production company ready to take the gun guns on at 15000 a unit yet. Sorry, Star Wars fans. Once they're made, these futuristic weapons will be distributed only to the Chinese military and police. Oh, Could you imagine if they... Shot somebody in the eye with one of those. Well, I mean, that's already an issue with laser pointers and stuff like that. People bringing down airplanes and stuff. Right, but yeah, with what, your, your eye will expand and explode. Yeah, you know? something that powerful would happen yeah. a hell of a lot faster. Your eye blow up. Then, then you know, another shot, and they're right there in the brain. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Future's a scary place, my friends. Damn. A scary fucking place. As long as I get a laser gun, I'll be happy. All right, let's hear a little Yeah, le- le- that's a good idea. Let's give a laser gun to somebody who calls himself the madman. Yeah, well, I'll... I think that sounds like the mother of bad ideas. That's a good idea. All right, let's move on. Kentucky cops free raccoon's head from a peanut butter jar. Um, I love this story, but this is the one of the one of the worst written articles I've ever, ever seen. All right. And now that has become the story to me. <laughs> All right. A raccoon in Kentucky could have been in an offer situation <laughs> without the help of police early Sunday. That's the first sentence. That's the lead sentence in this article. In an offer situation. In an offer, A-W hyphen F-U-R. It, oh, it do, yeah, it, bad puns. It's not even good. It's not even close to good. No. It's so bad. Anyway, police in Paducah helped free a critter that was running around with his head trapped inside a peanut butter jar. Authorities shared photos of the rescue on Facebook and described the close encounter of the raccoon kind. That was in quotes, that last part. Oh, God. Yes. Uh, Sergeant Sean Craven told Fox News that he was driving. He was out driving when he noticed what he thought was a raccoon was just a raccoon crossing the street. He looked in his rearview mirror and noticed the animals animal hit a curb headfirst. So he turned around and made a call over the radio. <laughs> the raccoon, he said, turned out to have its head stuck in a jar. Officer Steve Thompson later arrived at at the scene to witness the sticky situation. Thompson corralled the disoriented little guy. Police said, noting that he and another sergeant tried getting the jar off. Jar was eventually loosened, and the raccoon raced off. He promptly ran off without so much as a thank you. Authorities quipped. <laughs> Multiple commenters congratulate, congratulated police for the rescue. 
Shows their hearts. Great job, one Facebook user wrote. Thanks, officers. Make my heart sore for the type of people here where I call home, another added. Uh, yeah, you it's know, an offer situation. Oh, it's oh, stop. so bad, right? Stop. It's so bad. You know, here's what the actual story is, and because it's Kentucky, they're going to hide it. Yeah. Some dumbass captured himself a raccoon and thought it tasted good with peanut butter, but forgot to kill the raccoon before he's tried dipping it in the peanut butter. That could be the case. Or, no. or there's the other option. The raccoon knew he was a little special. It wasn't all right in the head, so he decided to put a helmet on, and they the police came along and stole his helmet. They worked real hard to get that on. I had a cat about five years ago, six years ago, and uh, got its head stuck in a tin can. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. When it got out of the tin can, it only had one ear. <gasps> That's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, but he Poor was a, cat. That cat yeah. was a dickhead. Well, didn't seem too smart if he got his head stuck in a tin can. He was the, we had the two twins, Cheech and Chong. Cheech is the one who got his head stuck in the can. Cheech was the asshole. Chong was the lover. Chong was the good cat. Cheech would be the type, we'd wake up in the morning and come out, SOB sitting on the the kitchen table. There's an ashtray sitting there. Cheech, get off the table. He'd look at you and just... Knock it off the table. Smack the ashtray right off. He'd been sitting here with it just fine. Waiting for somebody to piss him off. Yeah. It's just that type of cat. So, you know, he kind of got what was coming to him, in my opinion. Okay. Oh, uh, we got about three minutes left. Let's get this last story. A uh, man mistakenly texts a Virginia officer offering to sell pot. Oops. He gets arrested. If you're selling pot, it's probably not a good It's not good to accidentally send a text to a narcotics detective peddling your illegal wares. Probably not a good idea to send a text about that shit, period. Yeah. The Fairfax County Police Department in Virginia said in a Facebook post on Monday that a detective received a text message offering to sell the officer marijuana. HMU, hit me up if you want to get together. I got some nice ends we can burn, the text said. When the officer continued the conversation, a meeting with a mysterious texter was arranged. The man was eventually arrested and found in possession of more than a pound of marijuana, according to police. Police said a search of the man's home led to a discovery of another pound of marijuana, a firearm, and an undisclosed amount of money. Right in their pockets. New phone. Who dis? The person texted one of our officers offering to sell the marijuana and obviously had a wrong number. Police said (laughs) the man whose name was not released to the public has been charged with possession with the intent to distribute. Imagine you're the cop and you get that. Like, what? That was a freebie. You're right. I didn't even have to work for this one. That guy turned himself in. Oh, boy. I've known a couple of people who've uh, peddled wares such as that in the past, and they all had rules about, you know, don't mention that shit over trackable media. It's just fucking. Exactly, and you, if you want to continue peddling your pot, which eh, I got nothing against pot, go for it. Just realize that the government made it illegal back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, whenever the fuck they did it. Yeah. I think it was Nixon's administration, so it was probably the 60s. And, uh, yeah, they did it for stupidity, uh, stupid reasons, but they're using that war on drugs as a way of just locking up people for who really shouldn't be locked up. Yeah, we we don't have to get into. No, we don't have why. time anyway. Yeah, yeah, Maybe in another garden. Maybe in another garden. There you go. Uh, well, uh, hour's about up. It's one hour exactly. Um, 
Uh, check out my YouTube channel. Search for the Mad Men Lowercase. Like, lowercase is my last name. Um, also, please, 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 please go to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and become a patron so we can continue doing this for you and give you better and better content as we can put it out. Uh, I'm the Madman, and I love you. Who are you? I'm Heel Hippie, wishing you peace and love. Alrighty, I think this is a theme. Huh? Nope, it's not working. That's our outro music. If you pay us on Patreon, we won't have to do this. Help us. Yeah, pay us on Patreon so we can actually get some music. Thanks for listening. We love you. Later.